Methan Entertainment offers a quality DJ service for your most important day and for any day you just want to party. With high quality DJs, Methan Entertainment will keep your wedding or event moving and grooving. We get involved with our events and get the crowd started and keep them engaged. All DJs and MCs with Methan Entertainment are more than willing to answer any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. All sound and lighting equipment is top of the line, mainly Bose and Chave. You can contact Medlin Entertainment, LLC, at medlinentertainment at gmail.com, 678-451-7976, or on Facebook or Instagram, Medlin Entertainment for your next party. Coaches, the 7th Annual Legends at the Grove Basketball Coaches Clinic will be September 18th, 2022 at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. The clinic will feature some of the best basketball college and high school minds in the country. Coach Andy Landers, all-time winningest coach at University of Georgia Women's Basketball, <clears throat> inducted into the Hall of Fame and also 994 career wins. Gene Jordan, nine-time girls basketball, Georgia high school basketball, state champion. Kathy Walton, five-time Georgia high school basketball state champion at Southwest DeKalb High School. Jerry Finkbun, former Utah State and Oral Roberts women's head coach. Kobe Durden, the assistant women's basketball coach at Buford High School. Brad Barber, the youth curriculum director for Shoot 360. Jan Azar, the head girls basketball coach at Hebron Christian, 13 state titles. Coach Pete Acock, legendary high school basketball coach. Coaches, you need to come. Uh, please all have links and barcode, QR codes out there for you to register. I have a special discount for you. If you register your coaching staff in the next seven days, I will give a special two for one offer for you to bring your, uh, your coaches. It could be one, two, three. I can definitely give you a special discount. Please sign up within the next seven days. We're looking forward to see at the clinic, all coaches will get a free lunch. Also, we'll have a concession stand available. Also, if you come early, we'll have a breakfast for you. It's it's a clinic that will last starting at 8.30, finish at 4.45 with the great coach, Andy Landers. We're looking forward to seeing you. Coaches, hello again. Coach Kevin Furtado of the Championship Vision Podcast. Today is episode 314 with Coach Rick Tomberlin. Rick Tomberlin has taught and coached in Georgia for 37 years. He is now the sales rep and strength and fitness consultant for Dynabody Fitness Equipment. Coach Tomberlin's teams have accomplished the following. Played for five state football championships, winning three. Won 10 region championships. Played in eight Georgia semifinals. Played in the Georgia Dome six times since 1994, winning four. 
made the Sweet 16 14 times, made the state football playoffs 24 years, won 14 all-classification area weightlifting competitions. They were the state football champions, 15-0 record each year from 1994, 96, and 97. They were the state football runner-ups in 92 and 19, excuse me, 1992 and 2004. They were the Georgia All-Classification Weightlifting Champions, 2001, 2002, and 2009. He also coached the 5A State Weightlifting Champions in 2007 and 2009. His overall record as a head coach, 270 and 129. He set the Georgia record for winning the most games at one school during a nine and 10 year period. He's married to Angela for 40 years. One daughter, Tiffany, two grandsons, Carson 11 and Cooper 10, and one granddaughter, Charlie six. Coaches, you're gonna really get uh, a great, great guest today, and Coach Rick Tomberlin, probably one of the best or the best football coaches in Georgia State history. He's going to share his power up theory and what drives winning in programs. Coach Rick Tomberlin. Hey, coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast, episode 300. And 14 with the great Rick Tomberlin. He probably objects to me saying the great, but uh, what a great leader um, in the in our Georgia high school that we've had over the years with Coach Tomberlin. Co Coach, welcome to the uh, 314th episode. Hey, that's impressive. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, you know, I don't know. There there would probably be a lot of my colleagues out there that might take issue with that. <laughs> <laughs> I would object for you, uh, for you calling me that. No, but uh, I do appreciate that. That's very, very kind of you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. I know now that you are a, um, a sales rep and strength and fitness consultant for Dynabody Fitness Equipment, but um, you're doing that right now, you know, kind of, you know, just, to, you know, I'm sure you still love the train and workout and things like that. I mean, you never stop like improving yourself, right? Well, that, absolutely. I, I'm a, you know, a, a lifelong lifter. Uh, we're, my wife, Angela, and I, we're chronic. I, you know, we, we're, we probably walk as much as any couple our age uh, that, that you'll ever find. We, <laughs> yeah. we walk daily, uh, you know, at least six days a week. And last night, we, we've got a course kind of mapped out. It's 4.5 miles that we do you know, almost daily. And there'll come times if the weather's bad and all the way, I cut it down just a little bit, but we will walk anywhere from 3.5 to about seven miles. And then we work out three times a week. There are times we might work out four times a week, right? but um, we work out three times a week. And uh, I've done the whole deal. I, you know, you mentioned Dynabody Fitness. I've got a long association with uh, Bigger, Faster, Stronger. Yes. I became a clinician with them back in 1999. I'd had um, a couple of clinics that, uh, that they, I had hosted a couple of clinics for them. Uh, Rick Anderson come down to my school several times. He was a executive vice president. And then uh, Greg Shepard himself came down and they, they did probably five, six, seven articles on us. And uh, he asked me to be a clinician. And all that means is they, from time to time, will send you around the country Heck, I've been to California, Washington State, Montana, Maine, Florida, all over 
doing uh, strength and conditioning clinics for all athletes, boys, girls, uh, middle school, high school. And, uh, you know, you have several different types of clinics. You have like a one day clinic where, where you come in and give them the basics. And then we'd normally do a coach's seminar prior to that. Then you have a two day clinic where we get into the, the flexibility, the quickness, mm-hmm. the um, speed development and that type of thing. And then we have um, several competitions. We have what we call 11 seminar, which is a, um, you know, team building, goal setting type uh, deal, a motivational type uh, clinic. But um, I've enjoyed it. I, um, I did it for almost, that's all right. We're good? Yeah, we're good. Go ahead. Go ahead, Coach. Continue on, my friend. No, no, I did it for, uh, uh, well, I started, if my math's correctly, I started in 1980, actually, in May of 1980. I graduated in Florida State and went right to work at Ware County. And uh, there was uh, two periods of time in there that I actually retired. And uh, I retired one time for three years and came back. And then for one year, then I came back to Appling and worked for uh, three years, promised them three years, drove uh, an hour and 40 minutes one way, uh, and uh, but enjoyed it. Appling was my home school and, and really, really enjoyed it. But I'm enjoying, you know, what I'm doing now. Yeah, Coach, and, and let's, let's, let's go into that. A good friend of mine, Pete Aycock, uh, also from Appling, um, you, guys, you guys are good friends. Talk sure. about growing up there, and then, like you said, finishing out your career there. That's, that's like, that's an interesting cycle, how that worked out. Talk about your career and how you ended up back home. Well, I've been the most blessed coach in the world. I, I was talking with uh, friends and, you know, it, you know, if you could go back and kind of do everything all over again, I'm not sure I would change anything. <laughs> I'd probably be a better student. I'd work harder academically. Not that I was a bad student, but I didn't work as hard as what I would do now, you know, experience is the best teacher. And then too, I think um, back in my day in high school and early in college, you know, the strength and conditioning aspect was not near what it is now. I was really interested even in the very, very beginning in um, the idea of, you know, you know, working in the off season, if there is an off season to, to make yourself bigger, faster, stronger, better. Um, you know, I always, I played football, I uh, wrestled, and then I ran track. And of course, throughout my life, I've played baseball and basketball, believe it or not, and, and other things. But football was my main sport. And I did, we had a weightlifting team, believe it or not, the first weight competition I ever saw, I won. And uh, we had a regional weight competition there at Appling. And had everybody in our region from Camden County all the way to Fitzgerald all around. And I won the heavyweight division. And uh, it set kind of an unofficial uh, national squat record. When I say unofficial, it, there's no recording of it, but my coach at the time, Bob Griffith, uh, in the research he did, and then talking with Dr. Greg Shepard, who I do greatly admire, admired both of them, but he has a, a national outreach. They, they, they were not aware of any high school athlete uh, squatting more than I did on that day. So I'll call it an unofficial national record. And, you know, I think that always helped me, you know, I'd all, you know, I've kind of operated throughout my coaching career coach um, under the philosophy that uh, the pros draft their talent, colleges recruit their talent in high school. We've got to develop our talent. Yeah. You know, we've got to do a great job recruiting the halls. We've got to do a great job establishing relationships with our middle schools and, and in communication with our teachers and our administrators. And then, you know, I, I think that, 
you know, because of our inability to recruit um, from the day the season's over until it starts back, I think that's the time that we strive to make improvements. And, and I think you have to kind of cycle it somewhat. Um, I know seasons seem to be longer and longer and longer, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, golf, tennis, track, whatever it is. And I think kids, uh, when I say kids, that's an improper word, student athletes, uh, young people kind of can um, maybe burn out with one thing. I do think that they need to participate in multiple sports because I do think that that develops the whole athlete. Mm -hmm. You know, I love my football players. I call them mine, but I love football players play basketball because I think there's, there's you know, I can devise whatever agility program I want. Nothing's better than, than the agility, the jumping, the running, the plyometric effect that you get in basketball. Love my football players to wrestle. I, I, you know, I don't know that there's anything you can do that would teach toughness better than wrestling. And um, I know uh, one year I had a great track coach at uh, Washington County named Frank Lee. Frank is deceased now, just a great, great track coach. And he had a big track meet yearly called the Waco Relays. One year he had some serious health issues and he was not able to, to, to continue on for the end of the year. We knew he was going to come back. We really wanted him to come back. So instead of going out and saying, okay, I'm going to go hire another teacher, another coach and have them come in and, and teaching coach track, I said, you know what, I'll, I'll coach it for you, Coach Lee, if you'll be my consultant and my advisor. And I learned really quickly. I didn't know a lot about track. <laughs> I, I learned it was really uh, a lot of work. And he did. He helped me. And it was funny. We had the Waco relays, and I had 14 shot putters. And I made all of our linemen throw the shot or throw the discus and, and take part of the running program that we did with our track. So I'm a big advocate of multiple sport participation. And then, too, I, I don't think I went into a lot of things here. I, I just don't know that there's ever an offseason. I think young people need to continue to play mm -hmm. and continue to work. And I think they can through – and, and you know, when you say strength training, it's multifaceted. Most people just think weightlifting. Well, that's just one part of it. You know, I, I think there's uh, quickness, there's speed, there's flexibility training, there's proper nutrition – there's rest, there's proper hydration. It, there's, there's a lot of things that, that get involved in that. Um, the thing that, that really helped me a lot, Coach, um, I've told this with kind of a little bit of a smile. Uh, when Dr. Shepard asked me to be a clinician for Bigger, Faster, Stronger, I said, sure, do it. And um, he said, well, we have a conference every summer. I want you to come out to conference, meet the other clinicians. At that time, there was only about 10 of them. I think I was 11 or 12th one. May have been less than that, but there was not a big number of us. And he said, oh, and bring, uh, bring you sweats, bring you workout clothes. I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know. I'm thinking, Dr. Shepard's going to work us out. Uh-oh. But what he did, he brought us in to their facility. And he had us model the exercises that we were going to in turn teach, you know, our student athletes. And that's where I learned to do the snatch. I had not had snatch part of our, um, you know, core lifts at the time. And he taught me how to do the snatch. And I became a real big ag advocate of the snatch as part of your integral training program. And also we had always done um, the forward heavy deadlift. You know, we'd, we'd go over and under with the grip and have a straight bar deadlift. And that's a great, phenomenal exercise and he taught me that the 
hex bar, some people call it a trap bar, mm -hmm. deadlift is really a little safer. It's a little easier on your back and it's, it's, yeah. it's better for athletes doing. He sold me on it. Now this is back in 99, of course. And uh, so I, you know, we did a lot of learning there. I think my players, my students, my athletes always worked really hard. We'd have them on video and, 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 you know, I think we've always done a pretty good job motivating them, you know, through record keeping. And I think when the coach is enthusiastic, it, 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 you know, the players catch on to that and they become more enthusiastic. And we were certainly enthusiastic with a youngster, male, female, athlete, non-athlete, you know, was breaking personal records and that type thing. But I'd get real excited and in turn, they'd get excited. But, um, you know, uh, we'd always worked really hard. But we, our techniques were not what I would call stellar. They were pretty good, but he taught me the um, value of, of really, really being a stickler for, for technique. And it didn't matter if I was at Washington County High or Valdosta High or Calvary or, or uh, Appling County High. You know, I repeated a lot of the same things daily with our athletes. You know, feel the steel you know, squat to the bar, knuckles to the floor, eyes on target, spread your chest, lock in lower back, eyes on target, you know, those type things. You repeated all of those things to them and, and they got it, but, but they needed the reminder. And I, and I think they really understood the importance of technique. So, you know, I, I, I just don't know. Um, I, I won't ever forget, and I, I'm rambling a little now, but I, I won't ever forget doing a, a BFS clinic up in uh, the Midwest. And, uh, I hope this doesn't come out wrong, but um, I remember um, they had a great aquatic center, just a phenomenal pool and diving area and just multi-million dollars, you know, aquatic center. And then you go in their, their weight room and it was pitiful. And I'm thinking, why would you spend that much money there? And good for them. Hey, you know what? Good for them and have such a, rinky-dink weight facility because your strength program is going to help everybody boys girls you know all sports and, and you know what I've always practiced is not necessarily coach a football program you know it's not you know I, the program I like the bigger faster stronger program Dr. Shepard Greg Shepard really devised I'm going to say invented I don't know if invented is really the right word he 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 uh gathered ideas from Olympic world-class track athletes. And the story he used was he saw uh, track athletes that threw the, the hammer, the javelin, the shot, and they would be 270 pounds and, and, and run four, seven in the 40. Right. He saw the football guys at that time, and I'm talking about early sixties, that might weigh 270 pounds, collegiate or pro athletes, that would run a five seven forty, and he said, "Wait a minute! Now the track athletes are faster. What are they doing? And they're more flexible. And they're, you know, and and he learned that they were keeping it pretty simple. That they were, you know, not trying to do. They were not trying to do bodybuilding per se. They were not trying to do power lifting per se. They were training like athletes. They were training the way athletes are supposed to train. And I think when you do that, certainly you get some cosmetic effects. You get some bodybuilding involved. You certainly get stronger, which is what powerlifting is all about. But yet you're trying to train. You're trying to build for transfer. You're trying to get better by lifting 
to go onto the court or go onto the field or go into the mat, whatever you, you want to build for that transfer. You want to be better because of, and he devised that program. And uh, I think it's ingenious. I, I, you know what, I would argue that there's not a better concise program in the country, particularly for high school boys and girls. Uh, I, I know when you get on the collegiate level, when you go to the University of Georgia or Georgia Tech or Florida, Florida State, Tennessee, whatever, you know, they may have a staff of strength coaches or 10, 12, 15 people. Right. And they, they can go in there with real small groups and get real specific and do a lot of different things. With me, I've always had a class of 35 or a class of 50 that I had to do. It was me and Jesus in there with them, you know. And, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, the thing I learned, you know, early on was, uh, you know, let's work fast. Let's, let's emphasize great technique. Let's put great emphasis on the right weight being on the bar. You know, and, and, and I think sometimes in coaching, it's a little bit of a negative. I, I love every place I've ever been. I've been real lucky. But right to the very place, when you go in there, when you take a new job, you know, it seems like to me they always want to show you. They want to impress you with how much they can max or, or whatever. And sometimes their techniques and all were just awful, just horrible. I, I know the parallel squat, for, for example, one exercise. Um, I'm not real bright, but I know what parallel is. This table's parallel to the floor. You know, right. the top of your thigh, when your knee and your hip, that area has got to be straight across. And if you've got it at an angle like that, that's not, that's closer to parallel. That's not parallel. And they seem to have a hard time with that concept. And, you know, the thing I'd always tell them was, well, now, do you want me to be honest with you and tell you the truth? Or you want me to lie to you and make you feel better? I said, no, coach, won't you tell them? I said, okay, well, you're not parallel. Now, we need to take some weight off the bar. Right. We need to go parallel first and build from there. So those are just examples of sometimes when you start. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sold on the fact that, you know, motivation is important. Coaching strategy is important. You know, there's a lot of factors when you're building a team, but you know, the strength aspect, the conditioning aspect, I don't think there's a, a better, a better key to success than that. Coach, and, and I gotta be honest with you. I still have your old VHS tapes with you in it. Okay. Um, so, uh, and I, that, I studied those when I was a young coach and everything um and at the beginning I was a little bit intimidated about when I always coach girls about and then I found out about they really over you were you were talking about this technique 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 you don't even have to start with a bar teach them technique pvc pipe all that kind of stuff that I did Absolutely. as a younger coach on that you guys were innovators you and you and Greg I, I remember Dr. Greg Shepard cuz I've studied all his manuals you guys were innovators and not only more coach, you were also a football coach. Nowadays, man, the football coach has nothing to do with the strength training. Talk about that, how you guys kind of, kind of, kind of were very innovative in that time of uh, football development. Well, listen, Dr. Shepard's way ahead of me. He, he's, you know, I'm not qualified to, to say who is genius and who's not. If I had to pick one genius that I know, it would be him. He, the, the guy's brilliant when it comes to, uh, he speaks about five languages or six and, you know, he, he understands all the science and the, the angles, the, the leverage of lifting and he could teach it and break it down in a super simple way. 
you know, Bill Lewis, I don't know if you remember Coach Lewis, it used to be the defense coordinator at the University of Georgia. Mm -hmm. I love to go up and hear him talk defense because he could take the very complex of everything they were doing. He could break it down to the very simple parts. And heck, even us, the old South Georgia coaches could understand it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and Dr. Shepard could do that. And, and I, the one thing, I, and I'm not trying to sell anybody on any kind of weight growth. I'm just telling you how much I believe in that bigger, faster, stronger system. And, and sometimes, now you got to remember, Coach, I had a daughter. I didn't have a son. I got two grandsons. So I had to be a little careful with the bigger part. So they've started saying BFS, and with the girls, they say better, faster, stronger. Those mm. girls really don't want to be bigger, and, and I can certainly understand that. The thing I try to tell them, hey, you're not going to look like, you know, these magazine covers. You're not going to look like these women that's got these bulging muscles. Now, you are going to build lean muscle mass. You are going to lose body fat. You're going to feel better. You're going to get more confident, and you're going to be able to perform um, the fundamentals of, of your game better. We're going to make you better. And for me, you know, I touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, you know, if I have a basketball player, for example, that I'm teaching and coaching, when he goes on the floor on Tuesday night or Friday night or Saturday night, I want him to be at his 100% best. I don't want him to be dead-legged. You know, I don't want him to think, well, you know what, we did squats and I'm – a little bit tight. No, we don't, we, we want him ready to compete. So there, there's, there's um, a little bit of organization that's required there. There's some cycling involved and that's all part of that program. But Dr. Shepard was the guy that, that, that uh, started it. And I was the hungry coach that was starved for some of that. I, I had uh, a real interest in strength training. Bob Griffith brought that to Appling County when I was in high school and and, and, and he did a real good job of convincing us that, you know, we could be better as a result of it. And I bought into it and I saw firsthand that he was right. And um, it helped me throughout my college career. I went on scholarship to the University of Tennessee at Martin, a small, at that time, Division II school. And uh, they, they had a good strength program and they did some of the same concepts that Griff had done in high school. And then after my second year, I transferred down to Florida State and was very fortunate enough to be able to play for Bobby Bowden in Florida State. And, uh, you know, when he got there, Florida State was not very good. They were terrible. And he built that program. And, and you know, I saw the enthusiasm and the uh, work ethic and, 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 and the way he did that. And it, it was a big impression. It, it was very, you know, it, was, it made a big impression on me, rather. And a lot of that was, you know, let's recruit the best players but let's take the ones we got and make them better as well. And they did. They had a great speed quickness program and an outstanding uh, strength program. But, um, you know, uh, Coach, I, I make no apology. Um, I'm a high school coach, retired high school coach. I don't think there's a better calling in the world than that. You know, I said if I had to do it all over again, I'd probably do the same thing. You know, uh, I've always had a real interest in um, – you know, a, a lot of areas that, that maybe I could have gone into, but I just don't think anything is more important than uh, teaching young people to work, uh, giving them a goal, giving them a challenge, and, and, and demanding that they, you know, reach down and dig down and, and give of themselves and be part of a team and the team concept. 
you know, you learn to lose, you learn to win, you learn sacrifice, hard work pays off. And, uh, you know, one gratifying thing with me at my age now, at this point in my life and career, you know, a, a lot of guys, you know, Terrence Edwards, Keo Spikes just did it. They were just inducted into the first ever uh, uh, GACA uh, football hall of fame. There was only 36 athletes chosen, 36 football players chosen. I had two of them, Takeo Spikes and Terrence Edwards. And they both come out, hey coach, man, thank you so much. All that hard work, all that lifting, all that running, that motivation, that, that did it. I remember one year we went and played 1996, played Americas for the state championship down in Americas. Now, hey, listen folks, y'all got it made today. You play state championship in the Georgia Dome. We used to have to go to the opponent's home field and play. We, we had to go to America. We were 14 and 0. Americas was 14 and 0. And, and, and I will never forget, they hosted the game. It was just bracketed that way. But we go in there and along the fence line, they got tombstones up there with all of our names on the tombstone. They had my name on the tombstone. I'm thinking, boy, so much for it being a neutral field. You know, we got to play, yeah. we got to go win the state championship on their home field. And uh, we got behind. We, we didn't play bad. We got behind. Uh, they had a really good team, really good players. And um, we were down 14 nothing at half. And uh, we had dropped a surefire touchdown. And then we had one call back. So technically, it could be 14-14. But nonetheless, we were down 14 nothing at half. And then in the third quarter, they had a, a receiver named Wilson, John Wilson, that had ended up going to Tulane. They, we put Terrence Edwards in the secondary. Terrence was a great cornerback. And uh, we, we throw in situations, you know, games online, he's in there. And a lot of times we'd have the coverage, we'd man him with their number one receiver. They threw the ball a deep, a deep go route to Wilson. And Terrence actually had him played perfect and tipped the ball. And it tipped up in there. And Wilson called it running for a touchdown. They go up 21 nothing. Mm. Man, and I will never forget just a different story within the story. Uh, one of our, our big nose guards. And, and moms out there, don't feel bad at me for this. Now. <laughs> I love my players. Trust me. I love my players. But his name was um, Tyree Williams. Now, he could have thumped me off like that. He walked off the field. And I got all over him and just shoved him to the sideline. And uh, they kicked off to us. And we had a good return. Okay. That's, that's the start. And we ran a little option play. And Terrence danced around and took it to about the 10. And we run it to the other side. And he scored a touchdown. Hey, it's 21-7. We kick off to him. They catch it. He's running down the field. One of my young little scout guys come down the field and laid a heck of a hit on him. Ball pops up in there. We got it. One play to go in and score. It's 21-14. And then we put together, a, we stop them, and we put together a great drive, and we score. It's 21-20. Now, believe it or not, I know South Georgia doesn't have a lot of cold weather, but this night there was an unusual cold front. We're lined up to kick the extra point. It skids back there. Terrence scoops it up, runs to the flag, dives, gets it in there. We're up 22-21. And people say, well, you were lucky. I say, you know what? We work extra point, and we call that a fire call. We do it every day. And every certainly, every, we, we use, if there's a bad snap, don't feel good about snap. You call fire. The receivers run a route. Kicker blocks. You can run it. Or you have a run pass option. We do it every day. So, to me, that's lux when preparation meets opportunity. So, we scored. And after the game, the story I'm getting to is that, you know, we were really fresh in the fourth quarter. We were, we could have played a doubleheader. And, uh, you know, Terrence came to the coach, we really appreciate all that work, all that running. And said, coach, we wasn't tired. They were dead. That last series, they were dead and we were fresh. So I, I think that 
when you see it like that on the field, it resonates with you. And uh, you mentioned basketball. I, you know, I, of course, Pete was a great, great basketball coach, Pete Aycock. And then I hired one of his pupils. It's a very good friend of mine, Coach Rufus McDuffie. Mm-hmm. Recommended him at Washington County, recommended him at Valdosta, went both places with him, then I recommended him at Appling, and he's had great success all of those places. And you talk about two coaches getting along and believing in each other. And, you know, he wants his basketball players to lift weights. He wants them to lift because he knows I'm going to try to do everything I can, take care of them, make them better. And I certainly want to play with him because I know they're getting disciplined. You know, they're building toughness and they're getting the best plyometric speed, quickness work you can get by playing basketball. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know, all that being said, you know, one difference between Dr. Shepard and myself, uh, he was the innovator. He was the guy that put the program together. He spearheaded it. And I think he only taught and coached a couple of years, one to three years. You know, heck, I've done it almost 40 years. And so I like to think I'm in the real world, man. I don't sit behind the desk and theorize, you know, heck, I, I'm have, I, I have had to go into the locker room or go into the weight room where you've got a cross section of students, athletes, some male, some female, you get football, baseball, basketball, golf, tennis players, and you get some, sometimes you get some students in there. They're in there because their coach told them to take it. Right. And then, you, you know, you, you've got to take them and you want to have a, I always called an elite level group. And the first thing I always told them was if, if you've got an interest, if you've got an interest in making yourself better, this is going to be your favorite class. You're going to love it. Now, if you don't want to work, if you don't want to get on the floor, if you don't want to get a little soul, you might want to check out of here because we're going to get after it and we're going to do it every day. We're going to dress out. We're going to work out every day. Nope. You're at school. You're dressed out. You know, you're here. You're dressing out. You're going, you know, and no negotiation, no negotiation. And they understood that. Now there, there were some, some, you know, uh, areas where I, you know, we, we built this in from the very beginning, some exceptions, you know, I, I never made them lift on game day. And then I would cycle their workout so that they weren't doing parallel squats a day or so before the game, you know, and, and I think they learned to trust me in that respect. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, well, another thing I'd always tell them, okay, take stock of where you are. We're going to test now to see where you are. So don't worry about it. You know, we're, we're going to find out where you are. It doesn't matter where you are now. What matters is where you are at the end of the course or end of the semester, or end of the summer. I said, if you'll do things right, if you'll get your rest, if you'll eat, if you'll, if you'll hang in there and try, you wouldn't believe what you're going to be able to do at the end of our course. You, if I told you right now what you'd be doing, you'd say, Coach, ain't no way. And I, and I think every time that came out to fruition, I think they always uh, impressed themselves at what they could actually do on some of these, on some of the lifts we were doing. Absolutely, Rick. And, hey, what do you think? Um, how, is the, how has the game changed? Because you just re- – I, I forget the year where you're retired. I don't have that in front of me, but how has the game changed as far as strength training and as far as coaching since when you started on that? So could you go now into a program and do what you did before? Has the game changed that much? Um, you know, I, I actually started teaching and coaching in 1980. So, um, and I think it depends on what level. 
you know, I, my first head coaching job was at Little Trootland County High School in Soperton. And um, I remember um, I had a, uh, a mother uh, teaching her son. And I, I told the guys, I said, hey, how many of you got weights at home? And they, some of them raised their hand. I said, would you mind if we use them? Oh, I said, well, you got access to a truck, flatbed truck? Yeah, yeah, coach. Bring them. Bring them on. You know, we'll tag them. You know, just bring whatever you got from home. And we set up out there, and we did at the time what we call the Big Five, which mm -hmm. was, you know, you know, power cleans, the high pull, a, a, a partial squat, a deadlift, and all. And we set that up. And then one of the mamas saw us out there lifting with a mixed bag. And she says, uh, Coach, is there anything you need? I said, you know, we sure could use some weights. And she said, well, give me some prices, Coach. And uh, I called Bigger, Faster, Stronger, and we got – Coaches, the Gun 12K by Shootaway is the most advanced shooting machine in the world, complete with a fully interactive touchscreen with over 200 programmable locations and a 19-inch front display for instant feedback, drill instruction, and much more. The 12K Gun features The Floor is Yours with over 200 programmable locations you can touch any spot on the floor to shoot from or drag and drop the ball to change a location. Real-time analytics, track twos, threes, and free throws within the same workout. Report statistics in real time on the touchscreen and front scoreboard. You also have a touchscreen, allows players to touch the spots where they want to receive the pass and start shooting in a matter of seconds. Makes in a row counter, program shooting workouts that demand so many makes in a row before the gun will move to another area. Made at a spot, require made shots at a spot before going to the next spot. And a speaker system, play music through Bluetooth with your phone. Contact me, Coach Kevin Furtado, at furtadok57 at gmail.com and use the code CHAMPVISION1 and I will give you a special discount on a machine or text me at 478-461-4403 and use the same code some bars and weight and benches and racks and 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 we got started there mm -hmm. and uh, of course they loved it and um and, you know that goes back to what i was saying earlier uh, coach is i think if you're enthusiastic about something it's like a spark it's gonna spread the kids right. are gonna catch on you can bet those mamas and daddies if those kids come home take, talking about it in a real positive way they're going to be enthusiastic about it too well you know i think that at that time strength and conditioning was just starting to get some momentum yeah and and as you mentioned it and alluded to earlier you know for a while there from 80 on for a while the football coach or one of his coaches was kind of the guy the strength guy you know he had the weight room and he ran the classes and everything now you know they hire a strength coach and um you know the head coach may stick his head in there you know and that time now now the guys that know me and listening to me, they know where I'm coming from. That's not me. I'm a control <laughs> freak. That's not, I'm going to be in there. I, I will never forget. And, and he's a lot smarter guy than I am. Trust me. Um, <clears throat> one of the coaches I had at Valdosta, named Ashley Henderson, just a great guy, just great, smart, played at Georgia Tech, transferred to VSU. And, and I had hired him. He was at Valdosta. And I wanted him to be part of my staff. And uh, he had, in, in the interim, before I got there, he had tried to get the program going that I wanted and have them going and all. 
I will never forget the first day I got there. I'm in there and he's running it and I blew the whistle real loud. And I said, all right, coach, I'll take it from here. I said, I'm going to take it from here. So I, I couldn't sit back and watch somebody else do it. No matter how talented they were, I had to do it. So I've always been one to, and, and I've had good coaches now. I've had great strength coaches that work with me. We were in there and team taught it together, or they may have a class that I don't have, but they had, had worked with me and, and studied with me, and we had theorized and talked and that type of thing. I've had some wonderful guys. Brad Wallace at Washington County is at Dublin now. Joel Ingram that's at Dublin, used to be head coach at Washington County. Matt Hollis up there close to you. Just Matt's got a dadgum master's in English, and he's, uh, you know, he's, He's, he's just a real bright guy. You know, I've had just, just, just really good coaches that um, wanted it to do it like I wanted it done. And they, they were an extension of me when they went in there. And, and I think 95%, Coach, I think this is a key point, 95%, and, and that it may be 93, maybe 99, of the time we were super positive, super positive. We we're almost like cheerleaders. Hey, man, you can do it. Hey, let's do it. Hey, instead of putting that on there, let's go a little lighter and focus on tech. You know, everything we said, we, we, we tried to form it into a real positive statement about what they were doing. And then you, you think about what you're doing. You're taking teenagers who are used to playing Xbox and, and sitting around in the air conditioning, and you're telling them to put a weight on a bar, and you're telling them to strain and get under it. And, you know, you, you kind of got to have your ducks in a row to do that, you know. And um, it's amazing what they what they buy into and what they're willing to do. And I, I, one of my favorite students at Calvary, I was at Calvary one year, and um, we had an exchange student from Vietnam named Han, a little Vietnam girl, and she just took to that program like that uh, gum fish take the water. And and I remember thinking, you know, this little girl that doesn't play sports is one of my best students because she's trying so hard and listening so well. And, and I think if people have that attitude, they'll have, you know, remarkable success. And let me say this while I, you know, I know we got to end this here pretty soon, but, you know, strength training is like a smorgasbord. There's a lot of ways to do things right. A lot of ways to do things right. I've never been one of those guys, coach, that, you know, if it, Again, I, I almost try to apologize. I hope this doesn't sound arrogant or cocky or anything. But when a coach calls me and he says, uh, well, coach, let me tell you what we're doing. And he'll name 30 different exercises and all this. And I'm thinking, I don't believe they're doing all that many exercises real well. You know, I'm going to do a few things. I'm going to have a few core lifts, and we're going to get great numbers of reps on those. And we're going to do them better than anybody else does. And I'm going to choose just a few auxiliaries that I really think are important. Straight leg deadlifts are great, you know, and, 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 and we're going to do those auxiliaries real well. And we're going to invest our time in what's really important. And I'm not going to be trying to do, you know, these strength coaches a lot of times, they can impress the heck out of you with all these um, uh, specific exercises. I saw some kids the other day doing some stuff with the, uh, um, the, oh, heck, I'm forgetting the name of what they call it now. Uh, they had an extension onto a rack, and, uh, and I'll think of it in a minute. But, but they were doing a, a, an exercise. I'm sure it's a good exercise, but my thinking was, uh, how are you going to do that every day? Are you going to do it three times a week? Are you going to continue to test in that? Or is this just something you're doing today for fun? You know, are you just doing it one? You know, I think whatever you do, do it to a point where you can measure it 
and see the results and, and, and build for transfer, like we talked about. Um, you know, uh, landmine, that's what it was. I knew it'd come to me. They had the bar, they had the landmine, they were doing all this stuff. Right. Yeah, I understand it. But now is this going to be a big part of your program? Or are you just messing around today? What are you doing? You know, um, you know, I, I, BFS always felt like that, you know, you had some basic movements. You know, you had your parallel squat. That's the king of all exercises. And then, then you had a, a, another exercise that was really the same exercise, but it wasn't quite as stressful. We call that the box squat. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't go down quite as far, sit, settle, explode. Then we had the power clean or the hang clean. I think they're both great. And um, we, we believed in, in the power clean. I think that it, you're a basketball coach. If I was, if, if somebody in their wrong mind asked me to coach basketball, the, the only, if I could only get one exercise, it'd be a clean. Because if you want to improve vertical jump, that's your clean. Power clean, improves vertical jump. You know, I used to kid the kids. You remember when they used to have those shoes that had the heels out of them, had the half shoes? Yeah. They got kids older than them, where I'm around with thinking, man, you wasted your money. They'd run stadium steps, those darn things. Right. I said, you come down here and do power clean. That's going to help you a lot more than those darn things do. You know, and um, but power clean or, or, or hang clean. And then, then I think an auxiliary would be the snatch. And then, then you know, you, you, you know your, your heavy deadlift or hex bar deadlift and, and, and a straight leg deadlift on different days. But that's still, Dr. Shepard always said, if you do straight leg deadlift right, it'll take away 90% of the lower back issues you got. Now, you got to do it right. Don't go heavy weight. You go slow with it. You go under control. And then, and then I think the overall, the best upper body movement is probably the bench press. And then, you know, I always like, you know, as a personal favorite, I like dips or weighted dips, you know, because I thought that you, you know, you, you really develop your triceps, you get some shoulder involved. Heck, at Florida State, they used to make us do dips before we got on the field, you know, to loosen our shoulders up. And uh, I learned that the hard way because I had some shoulder issues. And uh, so I think you, you, you kind of, build several muscle groups with that but you know we've done close grip bench you know i always told our guys that uh you know if you want to build that punching power let's build that close grip and the neighborhood bully comes around and picks fight we knock his butt out but that uh, joking around of course but uh, uh, right, you know, right. it does build the you know a lot in wrestling now and, yeah. and there's so many sport footballs all with your hands keeping those hands inside and wrestling and guy with inside hands has got leverage is usually going to win so that's why we did the close grip as a primary auxiliary but um and then i think that irregardless what you coach or play whether it's girls basketball whether it's softball whether it's baseball i think you need something for the neck even if you don't do anything but neck isometrics you know i think there's several things now i'm not a big advocate of machines you won't see many machines in my weight room, but I do like a plate-loaded neck machine. When I say plate-loaded, something that doesn't have chains or doesn't have uh, cables on it, just something that you can do with lever act to strengthen that neck. Because, man, you you know, a neck injury is oof, you just don't you don't want. And it, right. there's not a lot you can do to really strengthen that and it take the time to do it. So I, I do think a neck machine is is usually a good investment, but. Um, you know, you don't, you don't have to do 30 different exercises, you know, and, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with a good old push-up, nothing wrong with, with your crunches or sit-ups. We, we always did those at the end of the class. You know, some days we'd, we'd do um, one-minute sit-ups or we'd do a little routine that I've got where we, you know, we do several different movements for time and they'd, they'd transfer on a whistle. 
and then uh, sometime we'll do a you know a 30 second push up then graduate to a minute push up you know and, and, and again I, I never was one of those guys I, I, I won't ever forget that I've always liked animals love 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 animals and I love dogs and I went and, and, and watched a dog trainer one time and he was training uh, German shepherds to be guard dogs and I will never forget what he said he said you know we we believe in the munchie system we start off with little goals little challenges and we gradually increase those challenges and those dogs first get here the first time they show a little bit of progress we're, we're all over them and patting them and loving on them giving them treats and we gradually increase their challenge and before long they think they can defeat king kong you know and i can't i think it's a little bit like that with us you know in the weight room hey let's start off let's get some small goals going and then let's let's have some intermediate type goals and then let's have some long-term goals you know and um you know, I, I, I think that the goal setting helps. One more big concept, Coach. Male, female, it doesn't matter. And, and, and I don't mind telling you, I've never been ashamed of my age. I'm 64. I turned 65 uh, one month from this, August 31st. That's right. Whenever I come in the weight room, right now, when I come in the weight room, I'm keeping records, and I'm in here to break my personal records. Right. I'm not in here to work out. I'm not in here to put X amount of weight on the bar and just do a few reps. I'm, a, I'm, I'm looking, I'm thinking, okay, if I'm doing dumbbell incline bench today and I've got 75 pound dumbbells, I know what I did last time. If I don't beat that, I, I'm kind of down in the dumps a little bit. I, I'm out here trying to break my personal records, post 60 records, of course. Wow. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess training with some intensity break your personal records. And I think, and Dr. Shepard put me on this, that um, I think it's possible. You know, I'm talking about flexibility training. I'm talking about quickness training. I'm talking about speed training. I'm talking about all the lifts. I think it's possible to break a minimum of eight personal records a week. You know, and when you break a record, that's motivation. I'm talking about your records. If you and I work together, you're going to have your records. I'm going to have my records. And I'm talking about Rick's records. You know, what, what's my records on these lifts we're doing? And I'm trying to, I'm not talking about maxing necessarily. I'm not talking about one rep max. I'm talking about, okay, you know, I, I was able to work with 225 and do X number of reps on the bench. Or I was able to goblet squat. Here's, you know, I had 40 seconds. Here's how many reps I did. So, you know, I, I, I think that you keep pushing yourself to get better. And I, I think that's an important concept. You don't go to the weight room, lift weights. You go to the weight room to break records, break, break records. records, measurement. I mean, assessment. I mean, that, that's so true. And you can take all the things that you're saying here, Rick, is now can apply to football because it, it, it works hand in hand, right? I mean, so how did you, your Washington County team, that's what, I mean, you, you've been, you coached at many different places, but you had a great program at Washington County. What was your core beliefs there? And I know you got the weight room going on, the strength training, the discipline. What were your core beliefs at all your schools, particularly at Washington County? How did you produce such a great program there? Well, Coach, that was divine intervention. Uh, the good Lord just blessed the poor old dumb country boy like me. Um, they needed a coach at the time. Um, they were in an area that was not super developed. If you look at Sandersville and Washington County, I love it. It's beautiful there countryside and all is gorgeous 
but it, it, it's not right in the middle of everything going on. I mean, you almost got to want to go there to go through there. And it's somewhat isolated, I guess what I'm trying to say. And, uh, you know, uh, I came out of Lowndes. I had been let go at Lowndes. We went seven and three, and I wasn't good enough. And uh, had a great program going. There was all kind of, that's a whole different podcast. And uh, <laughs> uh, went to Washington County. And uh, I'll tell you this real quick story. Uh, uh, Lamar Binion, who was the principal at the time, had followed me at Lounge. And he knew, well, Rick's going to be looking for a job. And he called me and asked me to come and interview. And uh, I had competed against Washington County. Um, when I was an assistant coach and I kind of knew they had pretty good athletes and kind of knew where they were, went to a region track meet there one time. And, uh, I won't ever forget it. God bless him. Uh, when Angela and I got there, you know, we walk in, I'm expecting an interview, typical interview. And I walked in, he shook my head and said, coach, we're not interviewing you. He said, we're here to convince you this is the place you need to come. And I thought, well, great. <laughs> and I thought, you know, I don't need to take Angela. And I had a little girl, Tiffany, that was about 15 months old. I'm not sure I need to take them to a place this rural. Um, you know, we had a chance to go to a school in Augusta. We had a chance to go to a school just south of Atlanta. And I thought, you know, from a shopping standpoint, quality of life, they may be better off going to one of the bigger areas. But Angela went with me to the interview and she heard them. And, 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 the, and of course, you know, whether you want to admit it or not, money makes a difference. And they were offering a good competitive salary. And uh, she said, let's, let's do it, Rick. Let's, let's, let's go to Washington County. I said, well, you know, that's what I want. They got good players there. That's what I want. And um, they, the one thing that happened, that's why I say this is, uh, this is divine intervention. Uh, they had a little old trailer with a big old hole in the floor. And that was their weight room. And they had built, they were in the process of building a new field house. It was, they, when I first got the job, they had the ropes out there, just measured off. And they built that and they asked me what we needed. And I told them what we needed to get in terms of equipment. And they did, God bless them, they did. Eventually, you know, we didn't get everything first time, but we eventually got it. And we, we were able to kind of start from scratch. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, the people I was able to hire and myself, we, went in there with tremendous enthusiasm toward that. And, and um, you know, they, uh, uh, one day I was down there, uh, when I first got there, I, I got ahead of myself there. When I first got there, Al Carson was a girls basketball coach and the athletic director. Well, he was retiring. And so they wanted to bring me on to start spring, spring program and, and have spring football. And uh, uh, he was holding down the PE position that I was eventually going to get because he was retiring and I was going to be head football coach in AD. And um, the only opening they had in February and March was teaching um, reading to behavior disorder children at the middle school. So I went to the middle school and I taught six classes out of seven reading to behavior disorder children. And then I'd go the seventh period over to the school and try to try to get the weight program going. And I remember one day I'm down there and of course they built a beautiful, beautiful middle school not long after that. This is an old school and I'm thinking, man, I have really fell off the map. I left Lowndes High School, that beautiful, beautiful stadium that set, uh, uh, set 13,555 seats, didn't teach a class, the system AD. Here I am in this little bitty town at this middle school teaching reading to 
behavior disordered children. I've really had to back up on my career, but I didn't know that right over there at the high school that I had three future first round draft picks just waiting. I didn't know that we were going to go 41 and three my first three years there. I didn't know it was going to come out of blocks and win 14 straight and go play for the state championship. And I had more fun that first year I've ever had in my life. I remember they did a little article on us in the Macon Telegraph and we, we were 10 and 0 in one region. I said, that's the most fun I ever had in my life. Nobody thought we were going to be any good. And heck, we we're 10 and 0, you know, and we won some close games and that type of thing. And, uh, you know, the good Lord's got surprised. Sometimes you don't see it. You know, sometimes you don't realize what's right there in front of you. And we ended up staying there uh, 14 years. And to be honest with you, I don't mind saying this on tape. Had I, um, if I had to do it all over again, a coach asked me this yesterday, I would have stayed at Washington County and retired there and then gone to Appling and done the 49% at Appling. But I would have stayed at Waco because it, it was just the right chemistry for me and them. We just had, uh, you know, uh, I will never forget, again, this is probably a bad example. Um, early in my tenure, early in my tenure, uh, one of the parents came to see me, uh, African-American gentleman, really, really nice guy. And his son was a really good player. His son, in fact, was a football track athlete and had was a great sprinter. His name was Jermaine Tucker. And uh, I was talking to his dad for the first time, shaking his hand, all you know, and, and uh, one of the kids come up and said, Coach T, Somebody has stolen whatever. I don't remember what it was they stole. They had gotten in their wallet or they had misplaced their shoes or something. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. If I find out, I'm, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to look around. If I find somebody stole that, I'm going to run them till they puke. And, and Mr. Tucker looked at me and said, Coach T, I like the way you talk. That's what we need to have around here. So they, they, it just was great chemistry. They, you know, they bought into my ideas and philosophy, and I certainly loved them. And it just worked out really, really, really good. And, uh, and you know, we made the strength program the core of what we were going to do. You know, we, 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 you know, one way of putting it was, uh, you know, there may be smarter coaches out there. They may run more sophisticated offensive, defensive systems. They're not going to lift more weights than we do. They're not going to be more dedicated to the weight room than we are. And they're not going to be in better shape than we are. Now, we don't believe in torture. We don't believe in running kids in the ground. It's got to be a gradual deal where you start early in the summer and you build it all the way through to the playoffs, actually. And But they're not going to be in better condition. We put a real premium on strength and real premium on conditioning. And I think that helped us and set tone. And that's what, what happened at Waco. That's what we've tried to do. You know, and one thing, you know, I've been lucky, and, and, and my teams have won 270 games. I'm very, very lucky there. I've had great assistant coaches, you know, some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful players. Um, you know, uh, just, just it's just been a real privilege to coach them. But, you know, we've tried to do that everywhere we've gone. And, and to the degree of success we've had, uh, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of what kind of athletes you got. You know, I've heard some people talk about, well, I'd rather be lucky than good. I don't know about it. I think sometimes you create your own luck. But I think there are circumstances sometimes that certainly are advantageous to having success as opposed to not. And I think the thing that happens in, 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 in athletics, probably the ministry, probably in business, you know, people lose patience. You know, they, they think, hey, we want to do it now. Well, we want we want to win the region this year. We want to play for the state this year. We want to do, and and I, I don't think you got a magic pill. 
I don't think you're going to wave that magic wand. You know, will a great strength and conditioning program make you better? Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's no quick fixes here. You know, to, to implement that and do it, it takes a little bit of time. And, um, you know, uh, uh, people tend to run out of patience, but thankfully they've had patience with me at a lot of places I've been, and I've been real blessed. Coach, what a great story on that. I'm thinking, I'm going, man, what a perfect storm that was at Washington County. And, and be honest with you, I've been around a little bit too. Sometimes my best situations was after you know, maybe a, uh, maybe an experience at a school that, you know, maybe it just didn't work out. You come in, you were hungry. It sounds like to prove yourself, Washington County was hungry to build something. They were. And it was the perfect storm. Uh, my good friend, Michael Brooker, who I know, you know, the Brookers, I'm oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, was a great, was a great player out in there. I've been through Sandersville, man. There's, there isn't much out there. But man, what a great community out there. And Washington County has always been um, a great community of athletes and uh, they've always done things the right way. And that started with you, coach. I mean, you really built that, that program. Perfect storm, coach. It, it was, like I said, it was divine intervention. It was good Lord taking that whole situation over. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Coach, let's finish off really quick right here. And what can you recommend? Because I'm around, if you, you know this area too, I'm around schools like Grayson. Grayson's just kind of right around the corner from me. Great programs. Are things done? I mean, that's a big program out there. Um, how can a football coach, even a basketball coach, if starting a program now, how would you start a program? What were your core concepts? What would you bring in right from the beginning on that? Well, I, I think the first thing I would try to do is establish relationship, a line of communication. I think you got to share your vision. Uh, you know, I think Vince Lombardi did that. You know, I, I don't know if you've ever read the book um, Instant Replay or Distant Replay. The Instant Replay came first. Jerry Kramer wrote that book. He was an offensive guard for the Packers in the Lombardi mm -hmm. days. And I think one thing that uh, Lombardi was able to do in their very first meeting was set the tone. And, you know, he said in the past, coaches had come in there and talked about, hey, we want to do this, want to get better, whatever. He said the first thing Vince Lombardi talked about was we're going to win the NFL championship. You know, we're here to win the NFL championship. I think of Howard Snellenberger when he went to Miami and then some other places. He, he coined the phrase, he said, we've got a collision course with the national championship coming. The only variable is time. And, and that just simply means it may be quick, it may be, down the road, but that's our ultimate goal is to win the state championship. And I think in high school, there are more things involved. You're there to develop players. You're there to take great work ethic. There's a lot of things you got to do. But I think ultimately, you know, that has to be your goal. And I think you need to share that with them, share your vision with them. And then, you know, we have a thing in, in BFS that we talk about, um, you know, anytime I give a motivational talk, and I, I do that seriously, you know, I, I think the first thing you have to do is set noble goals. You know, I think you got to have some, some, some noble goals as a team and maybe as an individual. And then I think the second thing you have to do is devise a plan to accomplish those goals. Okay, what kind of, are we going to be on time every day? Are we going to be present every day? Are we going to get in great shape? Are we going to have a great work ethic? Are we going to have great leadership? Okay, then, then you've got to be able to overcome adversity because you know yourself, Coach. You're going to face some problems now. 
there's going to be roadblocks. There's going to yeah. be hurdles. There's going to be somebody, you know, that don't necessarily buy into what you're saying. So you got to be able to stay focused and, and overcome those, those, those roadblocks. You got to overcome adversity and then stay focused is the next one. You know, stay true to what your goals are. Keep that plan in effect. And then the, the, the last thing would be um, help others in mind, body, and spirit. And I think that's developing leadership. You know, um, and there's probably more than one way to answer this, but I'll pose this question to you. Um, if you're a young athlete, sophomore, junior, you know, what is the best thing your team or teammates can say about you? And I think the best thing they can say is that you are a great teammate. If they say that uh, Rick is a great teammate, then what all does that encompass? I'd be willing to say, if your teammates say you're a great teammate, I'd be willing to bet that you work pretty hard. Mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet you're, you're probably on time. I'd be willing to bet you're present every time. I'd be willing to bet that, that you're working hard, setting the tone, staying focused, you're encouraging them. You know, Takeo was one of the best leaders I've ever had. Uh, Robert Edwards was a great leader. Terrence Edwards was a great leader. Demetro Stevens was a great leader. One thing about Takeo, and he was an awesome guy. Now, if you ever meet him in person, he's he could be very intimidating, but he's not. He's got that big old neck, you know, and just big old guy. And he's probably physically more imposing than Ray Lewis. But I remember Takeo uh, never hazed a kid never made fun of a kid, never knocked around a kid, you know, and I remember him telling me he, he played defensive end for us or a seven technique. And I remember if we had a scout team guy that might be a sophomore junior that was having to go against him, that was trying hard, he'd, he'd, he'd encourage them. He'd say good things about him. I remember he had one guy that was really a JV guy that was working against him. And I remember him patting him on the head and saying, Scott, you, you keep it up, man. You're getting after me better than they do on Friday night. You keep working. You're going to be a starter around here one day. You're going to be a good player. I never saw him try to intimidate a young guy. He helped develop them. And I think if you can build that within your players, where there, there's that leadership, that camaraderie, camaraderie, that willingness to work. You know, uh, again, I'll use Takeo as an example. Uh, my first year at Waco, it was his sophomore year. Went 14 and one. We lost to Mitchell Baker in the state championship game. And our second year, uh, we were ranked number one at one point, but we lost the first game of the year, that gummit to Dublin. Tough, <laughs> tough loss. And then we went 12 games and didn't lose. And then we, we lost in overtime in our um, 13th game. And the team that beat us ended up playing for the both teams that played for the state championship that year, we had beaten in regular season. So we were thinking, man, you know, we're 14 and one, 12 and two. And uh, I remember Takeo coming to me for a senior. He said, coach, whatever it takes. Said, we'll run as much. We'll practice as long, whatever it takes. And he said, I'll make sure everybody understands that. And he meant it too. Well, we go 15 and 0, and we set the all-time Georgia scoring record. And I hope this doesn't sound cocky or anything, because it was over at halftime 90% of the time. We'd have somebody 55 nothing at halftime and call off the dog and play the JV. And one thing I'll say about our JV, they got so much playing time, they won 35 straight games. So, you know, struggling a little bit, when I say struggling, not winning the championship first year, thinking that we were going to do it the second year, didn't quite get it done the second year, and the third year we left no doubt. And in fact, our 
slogan that year was knock down the door in 94. Hey, we're not going to leave no doubt. We're going we're gonna to kill the mosquito with the axe. You know, we're going to go get it, you know. And, and that's why. And I think it takes some time, that kind of focus. When that built that tradition, that's what happened there. If I'd answered your question. It you sure know, did. Yeah. I, I mean, know, you guys learned, you, yeah. you learned through some tough times, though. We did. Um, we, you we you got to lose before you win, right? <laughs> yeah. We played over at Mary Persons that year, my first <laughs> year there. Washington County had never beaten Mary Persons, never beaten Dan Pitts. You know, he was on his way to becoming the winningest coach in Georgia history. And, uh, you know, we had worked really hard. And I didn't know this at the time. Some of the guys thought, man, we might be working too hard. We might be practicing too hard. That guy, this guy come in here, he's kind of crazy, you know. And we go to Mary Persons and win decisively. You know, we beat them at Mary Persons. And the guys at that point thought, boy, you know, this, this, there's something to this. You know, that kind of turned our program when we beat a rival that they had never beaten. It really wasn't a rivalry. It was a route. You know, when they played Mary Persons. And, um, you know, uh, when you work real hard and at some point you have some success, I think it gives you something to measure by. So, you know, that's kind of how all that, the, the, the Washington County deal started. You know, I, again, I, I, don't, I hate to take credit for a, a lot of things. I started calling our home stadium the House of Pain. And it's become real famous. And in 14 years there, we were 91 and 10 at home in the House of Pain. And the only teams that beat us were great teams. They were teams that played for or won the state championship that came in there and won the game, it, with, with just a couple of exceptions. And uh, so we did build a, a real good program there. And we're real proud of that. Absolutely, Coach. And I'm going to write your book on, on that experience at Washington County, man, because uh, I know you got some – I mean, all the coaches, whoever's going to be listening to this, they can, they can get some, some really some great vitamins – from listening to you on how you built that uh, wasn't easy. You came in, you had a plan, you had a vision and you executed. And also you had some difficulties you overcame. We so coach talk about power up before you go. All right. You always say power up. So what do you, what do you mean by power up? Well, <laughs> you know, that's uh, I'm going to tell you where I, I got that. Um, it's, it's not a real dramatic story, but I'll tell you what I think it means. Um, I went to the Florida State Weightlifting Championship many years ago. And there was a team there that was, it was very hotly contested. And uh, uh, went to McClenny, Florida. And uh, there were two teams that were vying for the championship. And the one team, you know, their, their, their athletes were really focused, or they both were, but they were, they were challenging themselves. They had to go beyond what they had tested before to be able to win. And when, when an athlete from said team would get on the platform to, to begin his lift, his teammates would all have, use that little cheer. They'd say, power up, Coach T, power up, power up, Coach T, power up. And I thought, yeah, that's pretty good power. They were encouraging their guys to, hey, let's get ready. Let's get mentally ready. Let's get physically ready. Let's get ready to, to give our best effort and do our very best. So to me, that, that's what power up means. That means, hey, let's get serious. Let's, let's get ready mentally. Let's get ready physically. Let's, let's, let's get the job done to our very best ability. And, uh, and, and they did, and they won the state championship. I was so impressed with their teammates cheering on the other guys to power up that I've kind of used that as a little mantra for, you know, a little battle cry, if you would. I love it, Coach. Oh, we, we, we have a saying here with our 
with our girls. We call it Mudita. Uh, and Mudita is all about celebrating others' successes. It's not about you. Uh, but I'm going to add in a little power up, Coach. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to adopt that into our program if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I certainly, and I appreciate that. It's uh, it's flattering that you think so much of it. I just think that's just a good way to hey, let's get ready, let's get yes, focused, get ready, let's get the job done, man. Physically, mentally, spiritually, we're focused. We're all in. You know, Dabo Swinney says that all in. I think power up means you know not only am I committed. But, but, but I'm ready to put myself physically into what's about to happen. Absolutely, Coach. Coach, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining. What a, what a great story and so many great lessons that you shared with us. I really appreciate you. Now part of the Championship Vision family. There you go. Well, I'm going to certainly be watching. And uh, you do a great <laughs> job with that. This is a, it's a great deal. And, uh, and I know the coaches are, really use this as a valuable resource. Absolutely, Coach. And hopefully we'll see you at, I know Coach Acock's going to be at our Legends Clinic. I'd uh, love to have you out there as our guest. Uh, we'd love to see you out there out here in Loganville. There you go. Well, I'd love to do it. I'd love to see you and visit with you. That'd be a fun time. It sure would. All right, Coach, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Coach, for, uh, before you go, how, how can they reach you? What's the best way to reach you? Um, I don't mind giving you my email address. Sure. Uh, real easy. Hercules, H-E-R-C-U-L-E-S at, uh, excuse me, Hercules 94, 96, 97, my three state championship years, Hercules 94, 96, 97 at gmail.com. Or, you know, they can, they can text me. Should I give my phone number here? I don't mind. I mean, oh, sure. Go ahead. My cell yeah. number that, you know, my, my business clients know is uh, uh, 912 area, four, excuse me, 912 433. One seven three six. Awesome. You can right, text or call if I can help in any way. I will. I'm sure. I'm sure. Coach, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All thank right. You. Power up, coach. Power up. All right. Take care. Coaches Game Day, built by coaches for coaches. I am personally inviting you to review a fantastic membership based website for coaches, athletic directors, sports organizations, and athletic departments. Coaches Game Day assists coaches, ADs, teams, schools, and athletic organization in the areas of budgeting, scheduling, automatic game communications, fundraising, and key form access. This website offers patented programming not currently available and other programming that is readily used in the athletic environment all within simple computer or phone access. The website is revolutionizing the industry and will afford coaches, schools, and teams a better way of supporting and organizing their programs. Coaches Game Day is changing the playing field for all coaches of all sports across the country. Coaches Game Day supports over 1,800 competition levels of 33 interscholastic club and recreational sports using unique patented technology to assist in the process of managing an efficient and effective athletic department program and includes a passive sponsor fundraiser function that will positively help your team or department increase revenues for your athletic programs. The Game Blast communication program will increase your department revenues 
by $150 to $1,000 per team per season. Do the math. You cannot afford not to include coaches game day in your athletic program. When you are ready to purchase, my personal referral will save you money. At checkout, enter coupon code CGD25. That's CGD25. And you will receive a $25 off your annual membership. Coaches Game Day, the finest and most unique athletic management app available. If you have any questions, contact me at furtadok57 at gmail.com. And I will give you a further information. And also, I will give you a special discount. Contact me soon. Thank you. Do you want to be a better coach? Georgia Southern University can help. We offer a fully online master's in kinesiology created by coaches for working coaches. Our full-time faculty combines for over 100 years of coaching experience. Georgia Southern's program is nationally accredited, so you know you are getting quality. We pioneered fully online programs over a decade ago and have had students from 27 states and multiple countries. No matter where you are in the world, Georgia Southern University can help. There is no GRE requirement, and it only takes 14 months to complete. You start classes in May and finish the following July. We have coaches just starting out to veteran coaches of over 30-plus years. So no matter where you are on your coaching journey, Georgia Southern can help. Follow us at GS Coach Ed or look us up, and Georgia Southern can help you be a better coach fully online.